We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, you sweet, sweet souls. I'm celebrating our connection today and enjoying the energy of you. This show is really fun, but it's more fun because I'm connecting with you. That makes it all worth it. So here's a question. Are you ready to take greater responsibility for your relationship with your body and your health? Would you like some straightforward answers to some big questions about our current medical system and how, why so many people are failing in their health? Are you ready to claim a brighter future of peak performance, optimal vibrancy with your physical self and learn about a system of healthcare that really, really works? Is it time for you to become centered, whole, integrated, more heart-based and more aligned with your soul? My personal answer to these questions is certainly a resounding and hearty yes. That's why I've asked my guest and expert today, Dr. Len Saputo, to be here with us. Throughout his journey from his medical training at Duke University to his rise to prominence as a highly regarded integrative care practitioner, Dr. Saputo has seen it all. In his new book, A Return to Healing, he helps us understand why our current medical model doesn't really work and what we can do to become healthier in body, mind, and spirit. Dr. Saputo is a board certified in internal medicine and was in private practice for more than 30 years. His approach to healing has evolved from mainstream medicine into health medicine, an integrative, holistic, person-centered, and preventative style of practice. Over the past 15 years, Len has led the health medicine movement as the founder of the Health Medicine Forum, a nonprofit educational foundation. Since 1994, the forum has sponsored more than 350 public and professional events, including lectures, workshops, and conferences. In 2001, Dr. Saputo founded the Health Medicine Center, an integrative medicine center that is located in Walnut Creek, California, which is bringing the model of health medicine into clinical practice, which I think is so needed. He is active in public and professional education over the past decade, and Len has produced and hosted the Prescriptions for Health show on KEST Radio every weekday morning with his wife, Vicki. He's also made more than 70 presentations to hospitals, medical schools, universities, and community organizations. He has edited six books, has contributed dozens of articles and chapters on topics in complementary and alternative medicine, and authored the 2010 Nautilus Gold Award Book of the Year in Health and Medicine, A Return to Healing, Radical Health Reform, and the Future of Medicine. Len has been a strong advocate of fitness all of his life, and in 1995 and 2001, he won the World Senior Men's Singles Tennis Championships and was formally ranked the number one in the world by the International Tennis Foundation in men's singles. That's very impressive, Dr. Saputo. Well, thank you. It was a passion at the time, and it was a surprise when it all happened. You know, there's a lot of competition out there, and there are certainly a lot of players that could beat me at almost any time. But to actually have it happen twice was really amazing to me. Yeah, that's pretty remarkable. You are clearly somebody who has a lot of vibrancy, vitality, life force, but I know you had your own struggles at one point and became very disillusioned with um, Western medicine. Is, is that accurate? Can you tell us more? 
Oh, for sure. I mean, we're looking at, at, at the way Western medicine is practiced today. The technology is unbelievable. You can't get much better than what we've got. Yet, when you look at the whole picture of how we're ranked by the World Health Organization uh, in the overall quality of care, U.S. is ranked 37th in the world. So there's something wow. wrong there. Yeah. It's become a business rather than a service as the primary thing. So it's a return on investment. And the corruption that's involved with that, with Congress and the FDA and et cetera, et cetera, is mind-boggling. Yeah, it's kind of heartbreaking. Well, it really is. You'd like to think that the culture would be a little more involved. We ought to be supporting <laughs> one another. And, and instead, it's all about I, me, my, and mine. It's not about how can I give and share and love and to make people happy. I mean, isn't it a, a tremendous joy to, to make someone happy and just give it away because that's what you want to do. That's what makes me feel good. Absolutely. Well, you're very, very evolved. <laughs> and I think you got into medicine for the right reasons, which is I to be a healer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And I was very disillusioned as I went through my training because, first of all, we weren't treated very well as, as human beings when we were in medical training. Uh, as I was saying in, in the previous show, 11% of people who are in medical school are contemplating suicide. That's a disaster. We should be making people who are going to this wonderful profession feel good about who they are and supporting them and not putting them on call for 36 hours and off for 12 for months at a time, which is what I went through. That was nuts. Now, when I I would hear my friends talk about medical school, it sounds like you were in the military. Well, it is like the military, except I think it's worse. I think it's worse. I think a lot of people have post-traumatic stress disorder when they get out of school. And all of a sudden, people are putting you on pedestals and thinking you're godlike oh. after you've been humiliated and beat up. And, and I've heard it can be very confusing. It can be very strange for the ego, if you will. And it can become well, – ego can get really inflated if, if you're not really conscious. Yeah, well, you get all beat up when you go through your training. And then you get out into practice, and what you've learned is how to be tough. And that's not what you want with your patients because you want to be doing two things. You want to listen to people carefully. And it's more than the 20 seconds. It's the average before the doctor intervenes. And the second thing is you need to care about people. So it's about listening and caring if you want to get down to the grassroots of what's important in healing. If you're just going to be a mechanic and give people drugs and surgeries and technologies uh, to get them back on their feet and back to work, you're not looking at the root cause for why people get sick. It's a shame. It really is. And I think a lot of times when people are sick, we're looking for answers and compassion and, and medical doctors aren't often ones that, that dole that out, you know, well, generously. No. Uh, yeah. So it, it does seem like a broken system. Well, and, it is. I yes. mean, the training doesn't encourage it. And then now doctors are mostly working for big corporations. So you're looking at, at working for some huge uh, company that tells you what you can and can't do. You don't even have the flexibility of being able to sit with somebody. I mean, somebody comes in, maybe you've got six or eight minutes to be able to see them before you're going to go back and write your notes and do all the things that you do to write your prescriptions, if that's what you do. And that's not the way it needs to be. When somebody comes to see me, I see a new patient who's a Medicare patient, for example. And by the way, I accept assignment on those people because I know they can't afford to pay out of pocket a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. It's, I spend an hour and a half listening to them to find wow. out what's really going on and then try to understand where they're coming from and why they're sick. And if you listen long enough, they'll tell you why they're sick. And if you listen even longer, they'll tell you what they need. But you got to listen and you got to care. <laughs> That's what I do as a, a holistic life counselor. I spend an hour and a half with people. I, I dated a general practitioner for a while, and he would sometimes come home and brag that he had seen 60 or 70 patients oh in a day. He was, God. like, proud of it. 
Yeah. Well, it's all he did was make that. a lot of money. That's right. Yeah. You, you can't give people what they need in five minutes or 10 minutes. You just, it's hard to do. Absolutely not. I, I feel like I can't do it in an hour. I don't do sessions that are less than an hour and a half. I feel like we need that time. We need that. We need to go deeper. I want, uh, I want to understand because people do reveal themselves if you listen and ask the questions. I absolutely well, agree with you. So if you look at people and listen to their whole life story and see that how that affects them and try to find out why they have the symptoms that they have, which so often are reflected by their psycho-spiritual challenges, yes. Yes. I mean, I mean, what family is not dysfunctional? I mean, they almost all are. And so what we're learning is from role models that don't know a lot about how to raise kids. And when you're in their early 20s or 30s and you're you're not got things worked out yourself how are you going to raise children to learn what they need to learn to become secure human beings who have trust and faith that they're that they're worthy of being loved oh, and then at least all, it all of, down this is absolutely true yeah yeah so we got to go back to the basics here and start listening and caring and then see what we can do to help people understand what went wrong and what they can do to change it Without being bossy, you know, I don't tell people what to do. I tell them what I think about things and offer them suggestions that they can mull over. And if they want to adopt them, I'll help support that. And if they don't, that's okay, too. It's just going to take us longer. Yes, I totally agree. Cherry pick, take work, what works for you, leave the rest. You know, I think yeah. we're all here on our own uh, spiritual journey. I like something um, I well, heard somebody right. say once, we're all ascending masters. We're all in process of becoming more conscious. And we're all in different places on our path. And Love so um, definitely, so I think right. healing and health is one of the big opportunities to really learn about ourselves. If we want to take the opportunity, I feel like a lot of us, and I was one of these people, felt like such a victim of my body. Felt like <laughs> such a victim. I loathed it. I loathed myself. And I would go to med- medical doctors and... It wasn't really that healing because I didn't feel they cared, you know. No, well, what they're doing is trying to treat your symptoms. They're not trying to treat you so that you can learn about what went wrong. Because, see, our bodies are a perfect reflector of our psycho-spiritual dis-ease. For sure. And we get conditions to help us move forward on our spiritual path. I mean, you can take somebody, for example, has cancer, okay, and uh, they're going to die from their cancer. Why did they get that cancer? Exactly. You've got to go back and look at those things. And I'll have to say that almost everybody that comes into my practice that has cancer, we're talking about what did the cancer do to make your life better? In, How is it serving you? What is it teaching you? What's your soul trying to learn? Exactly. And it's not about length of life, really. It's about quality of life. And, you know, the, the universe is, what, some 15 billion years old, and we're here for about a millisecond when you look at 100 years. <laughs> Is a different is a big difference if you're fifty or a hundred when you go. I think it's the quality of your life. It's what you've learned and how it makes you more spiritually evolved. And we're all different. There isn't one person who's identical to any other person. Our life experiences are all important. It's why we're here. We're contributing information that the universe wants, or you wouldn't be here. So that's that's how that works. I I'm in complete agreement. People are like, oh, I must have bad karma or, because I'm going to die. We're all going to die. None of us are getting out of this place alive, you know, mm-hmm. newsflash. So it really is about quality and hopefully growing more towards the divine, more towards love. Be- well, and that to me is what becoming uh, conscious is. Of that's, course it is. Of that, course it that's is. That's the point to become right more loving on. spiritual beings. So you say the theme of separation 
is at the heart of the medical model. And separation, that's never going to serve us long term. Well, that's right. Because it's it's about I, me, my, and mine. We live in a in a dualistic world, uh, and there are prices we pay for that. Uh, and until we get the idea that we're here to give and share and love mm-hmm. and operate that way, we're going to be in a uh, in a conflicting situation where it's not going to lead to feeling good about who we are and what we're doing with our lives. And yes. that's a terrible shame. Because here, here we're looking at, you know, what just happened with ISIS in, in France and what happened with 9-11. All these things are problems that are a reflection of our lack of spirituality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely fear-based motives and behavior. Um, something you also say that I think is very um, interesting You say that focusing on the whole person is nearly impossible in the current medical model. But I really believe in order to heal, we we have to become whole. We have to become whole. You know, Um, so how can we take personal responsibility? Yes, we have to return to wholeness, integrative, congruent. And I know you uh, coined the term integrative health, integral health. Mm -hmm. Integral health medicine, yeah. Yeah, integral health medicine. So how can, and I do believe when the student's ready, the teacher appears, and I believe that people are listening to this right now going, gosh, what he is saying is really, really resonating for me. What are Mm -hmm. some things people can do to start taking greater responsibility, to become more whole, to become more integrated? What are some um, recommendations that you can make for our listeners? Well, you have to trust yourself and, and not just be a victim of of being dictated to by uh, the society. Uh, you have to realize that we're spiritual beings and it's really important to uh, trust that we know what our inner voice is telling us. That inner voice is an interesting combination of our instincts and conscience and intuition. It's like a sacred voice. Uh, and, and if we pay attention to that, uh, rather than what we're told to do or, or we're trying to do what we think other people are going to improve or are going to approve, that's a mistake. I know as I was reading over your website, I noticed that you pay a lot of attention to coming from the inside out yes. rather than being affected from what's on the outside in. For and sure. that's part of what we learn as we mature to be uh, human beings that are uh, moving in a direction that makes sense. It's that inner self that's being authentic about who you are uh, that is a measure of how evolved you are. I mean, it, it, you, you don't want to just be following what you're taught in school. You know, it's not about reading, writing, and arithmetic. I mean, those things are nice. But what's really important is to learn how to be a human being who listens and cares and loves and supports and is is wanting to make other people happy. Mm-hmm. Loving some, some Love isn't about what we get out of the relationship so much. Uh, love is about what you can do to make the other person happy. And and that if we followed that that little simple approach, we'd have a much better world to live in where we'd be happier and more evolved. Yeah, I feel so much of my path has really been learning about how to relax and reside in the place of love within. Mm-hmm. As I've I've removed the blocks and barriers, fear, the barnacles of unworthiness, guilt, shame, and I'm able to relax in that place of love. Um, I'm healthier, so much more comfortable. I'm able to love others. I'm able to receive love. And I think it kind of comes back to what our 
some of our spiritual masters have taught us, the kingdom of heaven is within. Know thyself. The world is a reflection of the mind. So let's go deeper. Let's live more from the heart. And then what I've found, and I suspect you have too, Dr. Sapoto, life becomes a lot more supportive and magical, love-based, joyful. I don't know. That's my, my personal journey. I know, and it's mine too. I know. <laughs> and the problem we run into is that we can't trust medicine science because it's it's flawed, and medicine can't trust the role of spirit in healing. So where does that leave us? What we have where does is that is, leave us. That's a good question. Yeah, it's 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 there's a lot of mistrust on both sides, and it's it doesn't need to be that way. It could be an integrated thing where we take the positives from both of those perspectives, because really medicine and spirituality or science and spirituality always have to be congruent. There's no other way they can exist because reality is what it is. You can't change that. If you want to describe it from a scientific point of view, you're going to do it reductionistically, fine, that's accurate. And if you want to look at it from the point of view of spirituality, of course, that's accurate too. So the trick is to is to build a new kind of approach where we blend the two together and see what we come up with. And, and that needs to be done by people who have an open mind, who are willing to listen and to take the best from all the opportunities that, that we're presented with. Yes. I say all the time, um, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. I think Pierre yep. Chardin said that. And uh, I feel my education is spiritual psychology. It's mind mm-hmm. and body. It's head and heart. And I feel that is exactly the language that you're speaking and that you write about. Absolutely. I, I mean, if we ignore any of that stuff or we, we, we don't pay attention to it, we're just going to miss out. And a lot of people are invested that everything has to be scientific. And if it's not scientific, then I'm not going to believe it. And the problem is, is we can't even do science. (laughs) And the stuff that's published in our medical literature is not stuff you can trust. No, it's it's very limited. I feel like it's like trying to shove an elephant through a little keyhole. You're not going to be able to prove this stuff. It's far too magnificent and magical. (laughs) Well, Well, that's absolutely right. So we've got to go. We have to realize our limitations. And know that science, the way it's practiced, can't give us accurate answers. Because when you look at quantum physics, which is a little mm-hmm. deeper than the old love quantum stuff, physics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're talking about uh, ways of uh, whenever you have somebody who's doing an experiment, they're involved in it, and your thoughts and your uh, and that's going to affect the outcome that, of the experiment. Yeah. So how are you going to get good science? And then you look at some of the work that people like Marsha Angel did, who was a, a an MD from Harvard, who was the editor in chief of the New England Journal of Medicine, which is probably the most prestigious medical journal that that's out there. Uh, she came right out and said, I can't do this job anymore. I'm quitting because the stuff that's coming across my desk is being published in journals that doctors are using to treat their sick patients in the ICU and CCU is not accurate. And, and, and it's getting published anyway. And a lot of that is because of the pharmaceutical industry, which is paying about $92 billion a year for the research that they do. And our own National Institutes of Health only pays for $32 billion. And so you really think that an institution that's based on return on investment is going to publish information that's going to be detrimental to them? To their bottom they'll line. either withhold it yeah, or they'll misrepresent it, which is typical yes. of what happens. And that's what she said. And she wasn't the only one. There are many other people who are managing big journals who said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So where are to we? lack integrity on some deep level. So, so it's very flawed. It's very fear-based. It's about the money. 
Yeah. And um, yeah, it's it's it it's a shame that that's what um, mass consciousness is buying into. But I think one by one, as we take greater personal responsibility, we are shifting the balance of this world from fear to love, from head to heart. And I appreciate so much what you are sharing and doing and teaching and bringing into the world in such a beautiful, beautiful way. Well, thank you. And you deserve credit for the stuff you're doing as well. When I read over your website, I was very impressed. Oh, you gave me goosebumps. That's so nice coming from someone so like wise and conscious. <laughs> so well, well, well we, I mean, it, it goes both ways and we can partner, which is the best way to go. It really but, is because I don't think we can do it alone because in truth, we're all one. And I find as I collaborate with other light workers, it feels like that light is just getting brighter and brighter. brighter. That's why I love doing this show, being able to have these conscious conversations with, with people like you. And we're all saying kind of the same thing in our own unique way. And I do feel like it has to be having an effect, a global mm-hmm. effect even if it's gentle and graceful and easy, which is actually my preferred way of learning. Well, I think you're right. You know, we look at the wounds of a dualistic a world can only be healed by going back to looking at the oneness of how things are. And that's our challenge uh, in life is to go beyond that and to appreciate and connect with spirit. And we can all do that. And we do in our private time. And it's that inner voice inside that connects us with that, that helps us to be able to, uh, do the right thing so that we get the most out of life and we can give the most and share the most and love the most. I love that. So that segues nicely. You have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful sentence or a paragraph in your book. You end your book with this, A Return to Healing, Radical Healthcare Reform and the Future of Medicine. You say, in today's more limited Western culture, we place the mind on a pinnacle as if it alone were worthy of worship. Mm. We must overcome this obsession if we are to return to a spiritual balance, peak health and healthcare system that works opening the heart so we can return to our spiritual home. The healing experiences pure consciousness, our ultimate source and center, best occurs in a state of silence as we serenely witness the passing of thought and feelings, immersed in unutterable non-dual oneness with the moment. Our greatest challenge as human beings is to move beyond our narrow mind and limited culture, dipping inwardly to discern our unique transcendent voice which will lead us forward in our return to healing in doing so we become a sacred vessel that holds all the grace and wisdom that we have the capacity to receive wow did i write that you did it gives me goosebumps every time i read it it gives me goosebumps to listen to it (laughs) you're channeling (laughs) profound yeah oh for sure and great love for sure. Well, that, that connection with spirit is what allows all that to happen. And all these interesting ideas that we have, and many of which are in the book, uh, have helped me to, to learn uh, to be a better person and to find more joy in life and to bring more joy to the people that I am with in my practice, in my family, in my friends. And it's what we need if we're going to solve the problems that we have in the world today where we got this competitive adversarial uh, system that crosses every boundary in our culture, whether it be medicine or law or business or religion or science or sport. We've got to get away from that separation and go back to the community uh, of working together for the highest good and just do the best that we can, uh, but with that pureness of heart so that we can... We can really be happy and make people around us happy. That's what we're built to do. That's what our bodies are, and minds and spirits are oriented and 
and and made to do. And yet we find ways of disrupting that because the problem is, is we come from families that are dysfunctional and you go into the ghettos of America. How in the world are we ever going to help those people? I mean, they, they can't get out of that iron uh, triangle that they live in that, that holds them in check. It's a sad scenario that we allow that to happen. And we have so many disparities between the rich and the poor. That just shouldn't be that way. We should be trying to support one another and see how much we can give. The trick is, how much can I give to make the world a better place? That will make you happy and give you purpose in life that makes sense. Being of service certainly has brought me healing and joy. And the other part that you address in this is we have to be able to receive. We, I yes. feel like I give generously, I receive graciously. And the receiving part was even harder. And sometimes I've tried to help people that couldn't receive. And yeah. so I go where I'm loved. And yeah. I give generously, I receive graciously. Mm-hmm. And I um, am relaxing, enjoying the journey. And I do what you suggest about getting quiet and going into the heart and connecting with that space and then expanding my ability to both give and receive. And to me, that is the sacred dance and the cosmic love affair with the universe that I think we all want, whether we know it or not. Absolutely. You can't give what you don't have. So if you don't have self-love, you got a real problem. Oh, you just quoted my, that's the, 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 in the nutshell version of my first book, Manifesting Love from the Inside Out. It really yeah. is about that. So we only have a minute, Dr. Saputo. Where can people go to get more about you, your book, what you're doing? How can they connect with you? Uh, come to the website, drsaputo.com. It's S-A-P-U-T-O.com. There, I have 2,600 audios and videos that I've made myself with my wife, Vicki, or from interviews of people like yourself. And it's a free website. There are no ads. We have It costs us money to do, but it's something I give that I really love to do. So you can get a lot of information there. Take one of our health assessments. Uh, they take two or three minutes, and what comes back instantly is information that in the form of audio and video that will uh, answer the questions that you have about your illness. Thank you so, so much. Generous. So, so generous of you. And thank you. You are an incredible light worker. I'm so honored to be having this conversation and doing this dance with you. And that goes for my listeners for hanging out with me. I'm always incredibly honored to be spending this energetic time with you and would love to hear from you. If you go to my website, TammyBPhD.com, that's spelled with an I, I really want to hear from you. Um, what are your thoughts? What are you feeling? Download my guided meditation and my prosperity book. Um, I really want to be of service. I want to support you in knowing who you are as a spiritual being, having a human experience. You are loved. You are adored. You are adorable. You're in our heart and our prayers. God bless you. Onward and upward. Bye for now. <laughs>